Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. The Son of Man 
must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law. He must be killed and on the third day raised to life. And then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. We must, if we want to serve Jesus, we must have in our hearts a deep-seated desire to be holy. This deep-seated desire to be holy arises out of the reading of Scripture, meditation, and prayer. This deep-seated desire to be holy comes to us by the Holy Spirit as we follow Jesus and turn aside from the world, the flesh, the devil, let me put it more bluntly, as we turn away from our evil desires and no longer satisfy them with impunity, with lack of regard for holiness. Holiness is being filled with the presence of God. Holiness is walking in the way of the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit. It's not legalism. It's walking in obedience to the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a passage of Scripture I want to turn to to begin to talk about this holiness and how this holiness is possible in our lives. I don't know how quite to address this to you. But the most important thing you can do today is to seek the person of Jesus. It is by his divine power that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. You see, 
We have to know how things work in the spiritual realm. We have to know what the laws are of the spiritual realm, just as there are laws in the physical realm. There are laws in the spirit realm. I don't mean legalistic laws. I mean clear ways of God that if we walk in those ways, he will meet us. If we don't walk in those ways, he will be far from us. But as we seek him, as we read the scriptures, as we pray, as we turn off everything that would distract us from holiness from Jesus, he will meet us. Now, there are things that very distinctly distract us from Jesus. The television, the movies. Someone said, Are you going home now after church and watching a movie? No. Well, what about a Christian movie? No. They're lies. They distort the scriptures. I want to read the word. It comes alive. As we have lived in the word and we meditate on it, it comes alive in our hearts. And it creates this deep-seated desire to be holy. And we totally turn away from the wickedness of this age. I mean, how many naked women can you look at? How many wicked things can you read? How many sporting events can you go to? How many times can you go shopping for entertainment? And still hold on to a deep inner sense that I must be holy. I hate this wicked world. I hate the darkness. And believe me, I do. I want Jesus. I can't be casual about this. It's of utmost importance. Second Peter, the first chapter. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. That is how it all works. I talk with people and they they don't know how things of heaven, heaven work. A man having medical problems. He said, Pastor, how long am I going to struggle with this? I don't like it. It makes me angry. (laughs) Oh, I understand. But at some point, 
that suffering must turn our hearts toward Jesus. And we come to a place where we embrace that suffering and and we begin to rejoice in that suffering. I'm not going to rejoice in this suffering. I hate it. I understand. Believe me. I understand. But suffering teaches us how to move closer to Jesus. Suffering teaches us that that's the way of the world. That's the wickedness of the devil. And we don't want it. We want Jesus. And it causes us to begin to turn our hearts toward him. Suffering produces patience. Suffering produces good things in our heart. Or it produces bitterness and anger. I said to this young man, Rejoice in your suffering. Well, how can I rejoice in my suffering? You're in charge of how you respond to your hurts. I spent much of this morning praying for a man who's suffering much, that his heart would turn closer and closer to Jesus. First Peter, second Peter, first chapter. Verse three, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called, who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. The promises of God were given to us as a means of healing and restoration, but more than that, these precious promises have been given to us to draw near to Jesus. To draw near to Jesus. To have that deep-seated, eager desire to be holy. I woke up this morning, and my prayer was, Oh God, I want to be holy today. I want to be holy every day. Make me holy, O God, as holy as a man can be made holy. You know what it means to be holy? (laughs) It means to be set apart for for a purpose. I am set apart today for the glory of Jesus Christ. I'm not set apart to make a name for myself. I'm not set apart 
that people would love me. I'm set apart for Jesus. I'm set apart that his mighty will would be accomplished in my life through the suffering of my life. Every movement for me is a suffering. Sitting down, standing up, using my walker. My leg is broken. My hip is broken. Well, how do you know it's broken? Have you been to the doctor? No, I don't need a doctor to tell me when my bones grind one with another. And the pain. I trust what Jesus is doing in me. And this suffering that I'm going through has caused me to more and more rejoice in the name of Jesus and to stand by faith that his promises are true that he will carry me through. Listen. Luke 11 is one of those promises. And Luke 11 tells us a lot about how to activate the promises of God. A man said to me, God has never revealed himself to me. He has, but you've been blind. You're alive. You look outside, and I I look out today, and the sun is shining brightly. The birds are singing, spring is coming, spring is coming. Jesus has revealed himself to you. You're loved. You're cherished. Oh, we treat Jesus so cheaply. And we turn aside from him so easily. Listen. Suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and and I have nothing to set before him. The one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him the bread because his friend but because of the man's boldness. He will get up and give him as much as he needs. You activate the promises of God by coming to Jesus in boldness. Boldness, not shy, not tentatively, but boldly saying, This has to stop, Lord. I'm in desperate need. I need you to hear the cry of my heart. And I'm not going to stop crying out to you until you answer me. I need an answer. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. The door will be open to you, for everyone who asks receives, but he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, these are solid promises of God. 
But I want to tell you it's not an easy answer. Because what's going to begin happening as you ask and nothing happens, and you ask and nothing happens, you will come to a point, a breaking point, where you say, God's not going to answer me. And that's when you ask again, and again, and again. Oh, God wants to answer, but he needs to put you on hold until your heart has a deep desire for holiness. When you're willing to give up the world, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? That is to gain everything he wants and lose his very soul. When you come to God, if you want to activate the promises of God, you're going to have to stand and stand and stand. In my case, eight months, nine months, with a broken leg. Is he going to answer? Yes, he's going to answer. I know he's going to answer, and he's going to heal this leg. And I'm going to come on the radio with shouts of acclamation and joy, because Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I'm not going to stop asking. I've learned from other tests that he has brought into my life that I just have to stand, sometimes in pain and anguish, and ask and ask and ask, because in the process, my faith is being tested and tried and built up. Will I turn with bitterness against my Lord? because he does not satisfy my instantaneous needs and desires? Absolutely no. There's no turning back here. I will follow Jesus. There's no turning back. I'm not going to turn against my Savior because of a little pain, or a lot of pain. I'm not going to turn back and be bitter and angry and cynical. I'm going to stand in cheerful faith and obedience because I have this growing, deep-seated desire in my heart to be holy before God. And if it takes a broken leg to get me to that, okay. If it takes pain and anguish in your life and your body to get you to a place where you will finally praise Jesus in the midst of your suffering, okay, whatever it takes, Jesus, get me ready. I want to be holy. I want to be clean. I love you. My desire is to spend eternity with you, but it's not cheap. It's not easy. All of my finances. I don't have any money. It all belongs to Jesus. I don't have a life. It belongs to Jesus. I don't have a car. It belongs to Jesus. All that I am and all that I have belong to Jesus. I'm not turning back from that stubborn position because I know whom I serve. Am I happy that I have a broken leg? No. 
Am I rejoicing in my broken leg? Yes. You see, there's growing in my heart. A deep, deep, deep conviction. A deep-seated knowing that I must be holy. I'm not here to enjoy the world. I'm not here to enjoy the sports of the world. I'm not here to enjoy my my money. I'm not here for that. Because I don't have any money anyway. It already is given to Jesus. Should I tithe? Yes, I believe that tithing is a principle of Scripture for the beginner. But now, it all belongs to Jesus. And so wherever he leads me to give, I'm going to give. Whatever he leads me to do, I'm going to do. All that I have is his for the work of his kingdom. Tithing is for the immature. A Christian will give much more than 10%. He gives it all because he doesn't have any bills except that which the Holy Spirit told him to buy. I could have gone out and and bought a car. Many years ago, I foolishly bought a, a beautiful, a beautiful red coupe. gray leather interior. I paid $20,000 for it with a $450 monthly payment added up over seven years, $18,000 plus. I spent an interest. I'd say that was a very unwise and foolish choice. I was operating in my flesh. Would I do that now? Absolutely no. Why? Because I've grown up in Jesus. If you go out and buy a new car, and every month you pay that interest, can I be frank? You're an immature Christian. You didn't need that new car. You may need a car, but it will be one that you can afford. You're not going to spend thousands of dollars in interest because you wanted a new car. There's nothing wrong with a new car. I'd love to have a new car. But not pay $18,000 interest on it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus is very practical. He's not in debt. He pays his bills. 
Did you hear what I said? He pays his bills, and all of my bills belong to Jesus because I don't spend anything that he doesn't tell me to spend. It's his money. See, to be holy covers every part of a person's life. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a serpent? If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to him who asks? We need to get really serious about asking Jesus for his Holy Spirit and asking the Father for the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. We need the promise to be fulfilled, but it has to be activated. And the way it's activated is by repeated asking and seeking and by turning aside from all darkness and walking clean before God, seeking God in holiness. And then the door will open. And the door may not open the way you think it should open. It may be that in your asking and your seeking, that God will open the door for you by giving you a spirit of rejoicing. And letting you continue to walk in whatever situation you're in, trusting Jesus that no matter what happens, you're going to trust Jesus. If you lose your car, if you lose your house, if you have no food, you're going to trust Jesus. Do you think God cannot feed you on the manna? Do you think God cannot provide a place for you to live? Do you think God will abandon you? It doesn't matter how it feels. It doesn't matter what it looks like. God will not ever abandon you if you are honestly seeking his face with your whole heart. And you have a growing desperation in your heart for a deep-seated holiness to cover you, to fill you with the glory of Jesus. Now, there's another promise. There's so many, but I'm going only to those that I have stood on and not sunk, but been rescued This is Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God or take a hold of God's faith. Oh, I don't have faith. Well, take a hold of God's faith. He's the one who spoke and the world was created. He's the one who brought forth the creation. Get a hold of his faith. 
I tell you the truth. Jesus said, If anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. In other words, stand by God's faith. Oh, I I still have a broken leg. My life is still painful for me. Believe that you have received it even when you have not yet received it. I stand by faith. My leg is healed. I stand by faith. The Lord has spoken. I will stand. The Lord has told us that I'll be in a meeting in a congregation with a broken leg. And suddenly the power of God will fall on me and that leg will be healed in an instant. I believe it will be done for me. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. There is a principle here. If you hold in your heart animosity toward another man, God is not going to answer your prayer. God is not going to answer. This is one of the chief things that must be cleansed from your heart. Anger. Bitterness, cynicism. This has to be removed from your heart. And it will be removed from your heart as you allow that emergence of a deep-seated desire to be holy. There are things that will block the power of God. First and foremost is holding a grudge against another person. Forgive him so that your Father in heaven can forgive your sins. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Now this is a mountain in itself. It's a mountain to not allow doubt to come into your heart. It's a mountain to not believe that God will do for you what you ask him. But he will. Interesting, my 
my precious wife Twyla, lived by herself after 28 years of being a widow. She lived out in Washington State in a tiny apartment, saving most of her money to give to the kingdom of God, recognizing that all of her money belonged to Jesus, and so she activated that. And she began to cry out that God would move her out of the state of Washington. And suddenly God acted. Great love filled her heart for this preacher. God picked her up, said you can only take with you what you can fit in your car, and be equally yoked with a pastor in Washington, D.C. area. If you ask her, she'll break out in a smile. She'll be eager to tell you her story. If anyone says to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that it will be what he says, it will happen, it will be done for him. Now, I I want you to catch that. Twyla did not search me out. Twyla did not create the opportunity to be married. She had no desire to be married. She'd been single for 28 years. Her husband had died of cancer. During those 28 years, she was obedient before God, and she did what he asked her to do in caring for her mother, in caring for other family members who were dying. But finally the Lord said, you are going to be equally yoked. And it was done. It was done for her, not by her. I'm not going to heal my leg. Jesus is going to heal my leg. My hip. See, we've got to get it through our mind once and for all. That the divine power works by doing what it desires to do in response to our faith, God's faith. What do I mean? Well, Human faith is something we work up. God's faith is something that he places in us. And when we trust and we meet the conditions, God does it all. In a moment, his hand will sweep through our life and everything is transformed and changed. But it's not done by us. 
But the prerequisite for this is that we earnestly desire, we strongly search after Jesus. We have a heart that cries out for a deep-seated desire to be holy. It's done by the name of Jesus. Do you see why I opened with that song, I'm not turning back? I'm not turning back. I've come too far. I'm closer to heaven than I am to this world. Why would I turn my back? No, I'm going straight on through to glory land. And I'm asking God to make me as holy as a man can be made holy. (laughs) Our Father is so loving and so kind, and Jesus is the Master of kindness and mercy and forgiveness. He will forgive you for your sins, and he will give you his faith, and mountains will move in your life. Let's pray. Father, as we end this broadcast today, I come with a heart filled with joy. Oh, life is painful. It causes tears sometimes. The anguish. The physical pain. The emotional pain. But Lord, I turn to you. My eyes are set. They are fixed on you, Jesus. And you are carrying me through. You're providing the finances we need for this radio broadcast. I don't know how you move on the hearts of these people. I don't want to do fundraising. I just leave that to you, Jesus, to move on people's hearts to give as you want them to give. And I come by faith today, your faith, Jesus, that you're carrying me. And I come by faith that my brothers and sisters who are struggling, who are in pain, who hurt, that you're carrying them through too. Lord, I ask you to encourage every person listening to this broadcast today. Fill them with your love and your peace and your joy. Regardless of what their physical situation is, fill them with hope and joy and peace, for you love them. Lord, thank you. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory, praise, and honor to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. Now I'd like to take the remaining minutes that we have today to encourage you to go to the Scriptures and search the Scriptures for the promises that God will enliven to your heart 
and then begin to lift them up over your heart and your life. Turn away from all words of discouragement, despair, cynicism. Just cut those things out of your heart and your life. They won't help you. They won't heal you. Go to the promises and stand on them. But now I do tell you, when you stand on a promise of God, it's going to come and stand on your heart because he wants to accomplish in your life what needs to be done. And when he has accomplished in you what he's wanting to accomplish, then he'll accomplish your agenda. And he'll do for you what you're asking. I'd like to pray. Lord Jesus, there are people listening today in the multitude who are sick, who are broken, who have bitter pain in both their body and in their heart. Lord, I'm asking, would you come now and you and would you meet every person listening? And would you give them the courage and the faith to let that deep-seated desire for holiness to emerge in them, that they would say, I will serve Jesus, and I will not turn back. I am going all the way through by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I am not going to turn back. I am not going to turn aside. I'm going to stand by faith that he is going to clear my mind. He is going to heal my body. He is going to restore my soul. He is going to break the power of sin in my life. And Lord, we will praise you. And we will honor you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, there are some who have struggled week after week, month after month, yea, year after year, with very painful physical conditions. And they want to give up. Lord, give them your strength. And you tell them what you want them to do. Speak to them, O Lord, and reveal yourself in glory in their hearts, that they would know that you are there, that they would know that you love them, that they would know that they can trust you. Almighty name of Jesus, I lift you up over their lives, over their hearts, over their minds. over their marriages, over their jobs. Lord, we're facing a very difficult time in this nation when many people are going to lose their jobs and many will lose their cars and their houses and they won't know where to go, but Lord, you will guide them. You will guide them to a safe haven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
And Lord, I thank you that I can come and do this broadcast. Even in the midst of brokenness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Amen. Well, I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me at Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That is National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I was delighted after the last broadcast on Friday to have a couple just come to the house and ring the doorbell and come in and sit in fellowship with me and with Twyla, pray together. My door is open to you. You're also welcome to come. Five, zero, zero. Make sure I get this right. Five, zero, zero, nine. Am I right, Twyla? Five, zero, zero, nine. Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. I'm sorry. I've got a, a sore and an infection in my, in my left eye, so it's hard for me to read things. It's Pastor Ray Greenley, 5009. Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. That's where we hold worship services. That's our church and our home. And you're welcome to come. We've had a wonderful time together today. I pray that you've been encouraged. And I pray that you will begin to reach out to the promises of God in the name of Jesus and let him accomplish in you what he desires to accomplish. He wants to prepare you for heaven. That's top priority for Jesus, to prepare you for heaven, to give you a spirit of joy and hope not a spirit of depression. I bind all depression in the name of Jesus. I bind all sickness in the name of Jesus. Let Jesus be Lord, and let him be your Savior.
Oh, Lord, you've been with us in this broadcast today. Your Spirit has directed it. Your Spirit has opened many hearts. I pray now, Lord, the devil will not be able to come in and steal these words, that men and women will turn in great hope and eagerness to the promises of Scripture and say, Yes, I will believe this promise in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, and I glorify your name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, I'll be back tomorrow. We're going to press further with this issue. We're going to look very clearly, carefully, at the part repentance pays in this getting clean with Jesus. I love you. Thank you for listening. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless you.